welcome to Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide at the end, after talking about it, if it's worth beaming out to space for a astronaut all by themselves. Mm-hmm. They have no entertainment but our curated list of the best films. That's right. We can only send them so many, although we don't have a fixed number of what that is. So we just send them the best of the best, Just as much as the internet and space can handle. All the bandwidth we can send them. There's only, yeah, the the conductivity of the vacuum of space is only so great. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, So today we're going to talk about Buster Scruggs. The the Ballad Ballad of Buster Buster Scruggs. Scruggs, Yes. Uh, The latest... Film from the Coen Brothers, mm-hmm. or maybe you could call it an anthology of short films or something. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's it, got a title. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I think I, I think you kind of have to consider it a film. And one of the reasons I think that it was initially contemplated as an anthology series on mm-hmm. Netflix, mm-hmm. and then they decided, no, we're going to release it as a single. Film. There's no, yeah, there's no chapters that you can skip forward to or back to, I don't right. think, right? Right. It's they, not navigable like that. Right. I mean, I guess my point being, they had the opportunity to make sure. it an anthology yeah. series, but they chose not to, right? So it's the latest film from the Coen brothers, Joel and Ethan Coen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're first on Netflix, I believe. Yes. Um, so you and I were big fans of the Coen brothers, I would say. I mean, they've made lots of our favorite movies. Yes. Um. So I was going to say, what, what were your expectations going in? But even before expectations, should you want to say what the movie's about? Do you want to give a synopsis of it? Sure. I mean, just at a very high level, it's um, a variety of tales in the Old West, generally speaking, sort of the frontier of the United States of America. Um, and it's a variety of stories uh, with um, each with their own independent characters, their own independent settings um, that all have to do, I mean, we'll get to this in the themes section, but are all various tales of, um, you know, adventure and daring do and, um, you know, risk and, you know, sort of frontier justice. Um, right. They're all, they're all kind of in that era, that frontier era. Yep. Um, I think if you were, I didn't even see a trailer for this movie, but I feel like if you did, that would be the thing that held them all together for you, most likely, yep. right? Is, oh, okay, it's a bunch of stories in this time period. Yep. Uh, okay, so what were your expectations going in? I mean, it's a Coen Brothers movie. So sure. um, what, what that means then is I always expect um, really well-crafted um, scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, I always expect really artfully made films. Um, the general tone that I got from the trailer seemed fairly, um, comic to Mm me. Uh, like it's not, it wasn't sort of in the same vein as like no country for old men. Sure. Um, it seemed more, uh, Oh brother, where art thou esque? uh, closer to, uh, Oh brother, where art thou with like a dash of true grit in there. Right. True Grit was kind of between, I feel. Right? It was it was pretty serious, yeah. True Grit, but it had, like like most of their movies, it had a veneer of comedy to it Totally, as well. yeah. Um, no but, Country kind of doesn't, right? That's actually more the exception to the rule. It it actually is a weirdly funny movie in parts. Oh, it is. But, but I don't, it's, those don't even stick out to me. Like, I'm sure it was, but I, that's not what I've retained. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's mostly a nail-biter. Right, probably because it has one of their one of their most serious and dark villains. I feel 
of yes. any movie. Which yeah. could in turn be because it wasn't based on their own. It's based on a novel, right? Yeah, it's based on a Cormac McCarthy novel. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, anyway, back to Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes. Uh, okay, so you're expecting it a little to skew a little more comic. Yeah. Um, anything else? Were you expecting it to be... Did, did you have an expectation that it would be like top-tier Cohen or bottom-tier Cohen or no expectation? In uh, no, I did not. Ex- I, it just didn't have uh, the qualities that I sort of expect from a top-tier Cohen movie, which, mm-hmm. is, gen- which is generally... There, there is a sort of like seriousness that mm-hmm. to me accompanies like what I, I guess are commonly considered to be like the good, the great Coen brothers movies. Um, and then wow. a lot of their lighter fare, uh, while probably potentially equally great just by virtue of being light, mm-hmm. uh, I think is a little more easily bucketed as sort of like lesser work. Sure. Um, well, but in your book though, what is like, a top tier and a bottom tier Coen Brothers movie. I mean, um, in the top tier includes films like Barton Fink, No Country for Old Men, um, and uh, Fargo. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom tier includes films such as um, The Lady Killers uh, uh, yes, and yes. Intolerable Cruelty. I always forget about those. Well, those, those feel like really bottom tier to me. Yeah. Almost like flukes, like... Sure. They would never make another movie like Intolerable Cruelty. <laughs> um, I don't know that. I don't know why I think that, but it seems like uh, when I said what first came to mind for me was like Hail Caesar, mm-hmm. but I think that's better than both of those movies. Hail Caesar is definitely a better movie than either. But of them. in my mind, it's like there's like these quality bands, mm-hmm. and Hail Caesar is like right around the bottom of what they and they're, and they're pretty consistent, and it's not a huge range. Yeah, but like. Or actually, it is a pretty huge range, but even the bottom of it's still pretty high. Yeah. And Hell Caesar is right towards the bottom of it for me. And Intolerable Cruelty is like weirdly an outlier even below the bottom where uh-huh. I'm like, that's, I, I feel like that's a, yeah. I don't even count that yeah. <laughs> almost for some reason. Right. Um, what about like Big Lebowski? Is that's that top tier for you or more mid tier? Very, very close to the top, if not yeah, the top. Yeah. Well, that's the first one that came to mind for me when you said it's like the more serious ones that are in the top. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Big Lebowski, that's among, that's definitely in the top, uh, you know, top stratum for me. And also I'd say Fargo as well, which yeah. is, which has quite a lot of comedy. Yes. I would, I would say Fargo's mostly comedic. In that's really opinion. interesting. Cause I don't think of it that way, no. but it's, I, I feel like I would probably have the same reaction that, uh, that you would have to no country. Right. Mm, like mm. where I'm like, I don't remember Fargo being, um, as funny as you're describing, but now, but as I'm like recalling back on it, there's tons oh, of, maybe I just thought the accent was funny. <laughs> right. Well, just like, even when like the father gets shot in a parking lot and he's like, Oh jeez, oh, yeah. Right. Like yeah. just things like that are maybe not darkly funny as parts. funny the first time, but they are actually deeply funny. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think no country has some stuff like that. Right. Like the first time, Anton Chigurh breaks into the bank's office and like shoots Steven Root in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's terrifying, mm-hmm. right? But upon like second or third viewing, there's something weirdly like um, there's some sort of frontier justice that's being doled out there. Right. Um, and, you know, and it's like it's a little bit 
there's something weirdly comical about it. I maybe I'm revealing more about myself than I am about the movie there. But um, so at any rate, yeah, I suspect that I, I think all their movies, even a movie like A Serious Man, right, mm-hmm. is a like, oh, very funny. Is very funny. Yeah, even though it's simultaneously terrifying. Yeah, Serious right? Man. That's probably my favorite one. Actually, that's, that's a top tier Cohen for sure. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate, I was expecting a movie kind of just in the meaty middle. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, that seems like a good place to set your expectations. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even see a trailer, like I said. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think for some reason, you kind of know this because we talked about it. I think my expectations were weirdly kind of low for this. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with like, it's their first movie on Netflix. So maybe it's kind of their B material. And also... I had never seen, I think they have done some short films before, like some short pieces of larger films before. Yeah. At least one or twice. They have done contributions to various anthology films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I haven't really seen that, but, um, and I feel silly saying this in hindsight, but I guess just thinking that these were all going to be shorter pieces, Mm -hmm. I just expected kind of, again, like B level, like they're, they're sort of second, second rate stuff. Um, which I feel so silly saying that in hindsight because thinking about the Coens and how meticulous they are and how like perfectly crafted their movies tend to be. Yeah. Now that I think a bit about it, it's like the short ones should be these perfect little pearls, right? You know, that they've made exactly no right and, yeah. Yeah, and have no fat on them and, and, so, yeah, I don't know why I thought that. I guess I didn't think about it, really. And that's just kind of what my subconscious expectation was going in. But so those were our expectations. Um, uh, as like, I guess, like as a teaser before we really dive into like best part of the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. How how did it compare to your expectations? It actually exceeded my expectations. Yeah, same. Totally. It was more thematically rich. It was better constructed. Like... Uh, by the time, you know, there's six sort of chapters, as it were, in in this, six six little films. And by the time I finished the third one, I was sort of blown away mm-hmm. by um, how, to me, uh, laser focused on particular themes, the, the anthology, each entry in the anthology was, mm-hmm. right? I was like, wow, they, ke- they, they keep talking about the same thing just in different ways. And I just, Mm. I found it really thrilling actually that they were able to like, they had this much bigger canvas. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I, like you was sort of expecting just sort of six very loosely connected things. And I found them to be very much of a piece. All right. Nice. Well, that's a good segue into what the themes are of the film. Okay. So, um, so you tell me, because I think you picked up on more than I did so <laughs> from the way you're talking in, about in it. In my reading of the film, um, and I can sort of quickly, I'll, I'll, I'm going to very quickly in like, you know, 15 second, you know, synopsis, mm-hmm. just go through. So in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, we've got a gunman, right, who basically sort of comically lays waste to various towns throughout the wild west mm-hmm. only he's a wanted man he's right? a wanted man only to be only to meet his demise at the hands of a younger sure. al- also musical gunman mm-hmm. right in the second entry near agadones if i'm pronouncing that correctly um you know the james franco cowboy character right basically narrowly escapes 
uh, death multiple times only to there's always some other means of death awaiting him. Mm -hmm. Right. So whether it's a hanging that he narrowly escapes, right. Um, in the beginning or, or actually like, uh, various, uh, gunfire that he escapes in the beginning twice and then a hanging that he escapes and then another hanging. It, uh, it's just basically a series of comic misadventures by a sort of bungling thief. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we, by the time we get through meal ticket, the third chapter, um, meal ticket where, (laughs) Uh, Liam Neeson's sort of carnival called. barker character uh, escorts around a uh, young performer played by Harry Melling, um, and the crowds get thinner and thinner as the legless and armless performer fails to like entice them uh, as much as he used to. He is then replaced by a mathematical chicken, mm-hmm. right? And so by the end of the third entry, I was like, this just feels so much like it is about like this looming specter of death, mm-hmm. like always waiting for its turn, right? Like there's always something waiting to take your place, mm. right? And so whether it was, you know, the, um, the, uh, the kid, right? The singing kid in Buster Scrug- Scruggs is the old gun and the kid is the new gun. And literally that song is... Le- let me tell you, buddy, there's a faster gun uh-huh. waiting tomorrow, like waiting over yonder when tomorrow comes, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are the first words in the song the, at the end of the Buster Scruggs segment, right? And that to me felt like the thesis of the movie. It's like there is just always a faster gun waiting, right, to take mm-hmm. your place. And so in the second one, the James Franco one, you feel like the faster gun, figuratively speaking, is like the law or the... Because it's not, he's not ultimately taken down by uh, a faster gun so much as he keeps he keeps getting into trouble and finally right. he isn't able to, to get away. That was that one to me was about sort of like death. Will, death is the faster death, gun. <laughs> death waits for like death will wait mm-hmm. right. De- like you cannot escape mm-hmm. right. That literally like all he's trying to do that entire thing is just escape death. And it's like he just jumps out of one situation and into the next one, which is equally as perilous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought that the ending of that sequence was really funny because he's standing at the gallows with a noose around his neck and the man next to him is weeping because he's mm-hmm. so scared. And James Franco is very uh, nonchalant about it. He's like, what, you've never... Is this your first time? Never been hanged before or something like that, right? Like he is so deeply understands the idea that like if you're not going to get hung today, you're going to get hung tomorrow, Uh right? Yeah. Um, And so to me, that feels like that was the the theme of the film that I picked up on was just Mm -hmm. this idea of there's always a faster gun, right? Like you never have it made, right? There's, there's There's a chicken who can do math. Yeah. Waiting for uh so to t- waiting to take your place uh and when that happens you're gonna get thrown off a bridge right yep yep but okay so since we're not shying away from giving away kind of how these things end what about the fourth one what about the gold one i mean to me that was like very much the same right he's literally like digging a hole in the ground uh searching for gold and the entire time someone is watching him 
waiting to shoot him in the back and take yeah. it. Yeah, but that one is different from the others in that it end, when it ends, he has not yet met his whatever end is coming for him. True, but I think the other entries are saying like, that it will. It w- they will, <laughs> right? You might have, you might have, uh, yeah, you might have gotten your gold this time, but right. next time the guy's going to aim higher and hit right. you in the head. Right. Scruggs, Scruggs gets through many scrapes yeah. before he meets his end, right? I would just, I just wonder if there's some significance. Like, you would think a film consisting of six pieces or chapters where it's all a meditation on the sort of inevitability of death or of being meeting your your demise mm-hmm. in one form or another it seems very i don't know odd that one out of 6 well actually that's not true the last one doesn't really either but it kind of i feel like the last one is sort of a cheat cuz it's there's a dead person there the whole time right <laughs> um so i don't know maybe that maybe that provides some symmetry but like I would think, you know, in the first, second, third, and fifth, mm-hmm. there is, you know, there is a character who, as you say, by the end, they have met their end. Right. And, and the fourth one, he hasn't by the end. Yeah. So do you think there's any significance to that, or do you think it's just, um, they're just I, all different angles? I think, there, to, to, to me, I just viewed them all as different meditations on this mm-hmm. idea. And, right, like, one might... the when the camera turns off, he, our character is still alive and has survived. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all the other entries in this anthology are like, but we all know how this ends. Yeah. Right. How it like in the end. Right. Cause that's obviously not wrong. Right. Like right. all people meet their end. Right. That's sort of like an, an obvious inevitability. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, um, let's see the ones the ones where a character actually does die, mm-hmm. they're all, it's not just like death is inevitable because obviously literally every person dies. Right, right. But it's, there's, there's a pattern of, it's not just death, it's something ending kind of tragically, right? Well, to me, it wasn't so much about the tragedy or the comedy of it as it is like, there's someone, there's something that's specific for you, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, your your fate. It's like figuratively speaking, there is a bullet with your name on it, right? Yeah. Like, so, but but that's the thing is, I feel like the way the gold one ends, mm-hmm. you say as an audience, we're all watching and we think, oh, but we know it's coming for him, right? But I don't feel like that's the tone of the way that one ends. I feel like it ends where it's like. We're kind of happy because he got his gold. Yeah. And he seemed like a hardworking man, you know. Like right. We're kind of on his side just because right. he's the protagonist. Right. Um, and, you know, a guy tries to take it from him, but he emerges victorious from that conflict. And then he kind of, you know, goes back into the woods and he's got his gold. And, like, right. I don't know. I, I would think that from what you're saying, there should have been some kind of, you know, ominous music playing at the end or something right. to indicate like there's a bullet with this guy's name on it. You right. Know? I, but I feel like for all we know, mm-hmm. he goes on and lives his life and he dies in his sleep. Sure. Yeah. Which, which would be different from there's a bullet with your name on it. Maybe. And, and I, and I would be lying if I said like, uh, my thesis is ironclad and yeah. you know, incontrovertible. Right. 
Well, to be clear, it's, I, I guess what I'm saying is not that you're, that I think you're wrong or that it's more like, I wonder what little piece of the puzzle we might be missing because, yeah. because the Coen brothers are very intentional and even though they will never explain what they're trying to say, I think we both believe they're always trying to say something. Right. Um, well, it's funny cause I feel like for example, in the James Franco entry, right? Like, just like I mentioned, like he escapes death multiple times, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not so much about the fact that you die, right? It's more about the fact that there's like this persistent, unrelenting force, mm-hmm. like coming for you. Yeah. Right. And, if the James Franco thing had ended after uh, he gets out of, you know, one or the, the first or the second scrape, right? Like we would say, oh yeah, that, you know, he got it. He got away with it, right? He got out of it, mm-hmm. right? But it's not so much about getting away with it or not. It's more about like that there is this, there is some thing coming to take your place, coming to take your place, coming to take you out of the equation and, and take over where you left off. Right. Did you see it follows? No, the, the, you know, the premise of it, that there's this creature just walking slowly towards you. Uh huh. Um, it, it's what you're saying reminds me of that, that if you picture death, Mm -hmm. sort of like death is this, I, you know, just go ahead and think of the embodiment of death, like the dark robe, you know, the undertaker kind of, or grim reaper rather yeah, kind of image. Like if death is just kind of coming towards you yeah, and you can run away, you know, you can, you can sort of put some distance between you and death, but yep. death is very patient. It'll right. just keep walking towards you. Yeah. And eventually you'll get tired and it'll catch up to you. Yeah. Right. That, which is kind of the premise of it follows, which I think worked really well for yeah. that movie. Um, but yeah, I guess I like, I could see that because to sort of treat the second and fourth chapters as companions, mm-hmm. it's like the second one, you see him, like you said, sort of outrun death a few times, mm-hmm. but ultimately it catches up. And the fourth one, it's like we see him outrun death one time, mm-hmm. but we've seen enough to know, you know, the the basic message is like, it comes for you pretty often, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you escape. Right. But, uh, you know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so the fourth one, we just happened to see one point in his life where he escaped. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what happens after that. But, but, but regardless, we see an instance of it coming for him. Right. And I and think just it, as it comes for everyone. And as a sh- little short story, right, it's a very, it's a really uh, rewarding little short story, right? Mm-hmm. I love the process of the prospector figuring out where Oh yeah, it's nice. The the gold patch is, right? Which all I I, I do like the, that one a lot because that all most of it is you seeing his process and you appreciating how he's developed this system and mm-hmm. he's going and he's following it uh and you know and he's and you're hoping he'll reap the rewards right right because he's like a hard working putting in the work yeah yeah um and so the scene where you think at first that it's all going to come to a tragic end for him hits really hard because because of just how unfair it feels yes right you're like oh he's put in all this work but back to the theme 
It's like death doesn't care about that. Right. <laughs> it's not a fair thing, right. you know? Right. Your 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 end is uh completely separate from how much work you've put into your life and yep. all of those things. So yeah, I like it. It's very Cohen too. Yeah. Very Cohen Brothers kind of message. Which I felt like I feel like there's definitely an element of that in like all of their films of yeah. of things seeming very unfair and the movie the movie meaning like a lot of their films often has a very uh sort of cold uh like dispassionate position on mm-hmm. it or perspective on it of just like yeah it happens you know right and this is what happens. Yeah, I totally. I mean, <clears throat> a movie like A Serious Man, like the conclusion of A Serious Man is very much like seems to speak to a similar idea. Right? <laughs> a Serious Man is actually the only one of their films that I think is much more about that and and almost like aggressively unfair, you know, mm-hmm. the, where, yeah. where the character's life is very unfair, whereas yeah. I feel like the way I the way I describe most of their movies is like I said more dispassionate like neither fair nor unfair right or n- not concerned with fairness right. right whereas a serious man is concerned with fairness right <laughs> it's it's like and it's absence, deliberately right. unfair to him you know where he's one of his recurring lines in that film is like I haven't done anything right <laughs> I haven't done anything right um, which is just such a great line. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay. We've talked about the themes of Buster Scruggs, the ballad of Buster Scruggs, I should say the full title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think box office is irrelevant to talk about because nope. it's a Netflix film. Not applicable. Um, why don't we, what do we go on to next? Like Rich Man, Poor Man? Best Formal? part of the movie, Rich Man, Poor Man. I'm also, how much movie? time do we even have? Very little. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we just do best part of the movie then? All right. Uh, I think. Do you have one? I, I think as a, as a piece of, as a story, I think the gal who got rattled is the best story in the movie, right? It's the most complete. Um, it is the most tragic because the characters are the most real. I feel like all, a lot of the other chapters feel very sort of like um, fables, mm-hmm. right? But the gal who got rattled, that feels like real characters. Those feel like real people yeah. and, and real struggles. And they made... And especially in the, in the final act of that, it feels especially tragic because, um, you know, this woman who basically is about to make a life for herself, yeah. right? Um, Speaking of not being fair. Gets rattled, yep. right? Like yep. at the 11th hour and, um, you know, makes, a, makes basically a bad choice. That is, but a very understandable choice. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah that, was, that was my favorite too. We talked about it. Um, I think that was my favorite, although part of me feels like almost like I, it shouldn't be my favorite because mm-hmm. like you said, it seems the least symbolic, the least the least like a fable, the least like the characters are symbols for mm-hmm. for bigger ideas. It just feels, it feels like it's consistent with the themes of the other stories, but this one, like you said, unlike the others, um, they feel like real people. There's there's this there's this sort of awkward, but you know, but sort of sweet and touching budding relationship mm-hmm. between her and this guy. And you're yep. like, oh, it's, you know, I'm kind of happy for them both. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and it's also just fascinating to me how it ends with 
you know, this this character who's like not been a major part of the story the whole time. Mr. Arthur, yeah. Yeah. Finally, you know, walking back and it's like and the in the I think it's only on the page that you see it says like he didn't know what he would say. To Billy Knapp. To Billy Knapp. Yeah. Yeah. He he had no idea what he would say or something like that. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, this guy's heart's gonna be broken, but yeah. Um but I, I just think that's an interesting choice because he wasn't really the protagonist you know she was no but i do i think that's one of the great things about that particular story though is how its perspective shifts very Mm -hmm. subtly right yeah from hers to billy knapp's to Mm -hmm. mr arthur's right yeah yeah. um and that i think is one of the now that actually is one of the reasons that the screenplay for buster scruggs the entirety of buster scruggs got nominated for best adapted screenplay oh because that that is not a cohen original that particular story that that one was written by somebody else as a story and they adapted it for the film just that one I believe that one and one of the other ones was considered an adaptation. I'd have to double check, um, but I know that that's one of them. Huh, yeah, interesting. That right. w- w- which would also explain why it's different than the yeah. other ones, right? You can kind of tell when the Coens don't mm. write something. I guess, yeah, kind of. I mean, that No Country for Old Men. Uh, what else did and I don't think they wrote um, Intolerable Cruelty? Oh, interesting. I, I believe you. Right. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Should we go? Should yeah, we, we should it? go. Yeah, we should. Go. Okay, so we, we can we can pick this up. Sure, let's later if you want. Well, if we don't, obviously we're gonna beam it up. Yeah, this movie's really good. Okay, we may we may f- yeah record like a final five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. but uh, but if not, thumbs up. Thumbs you know, up. Beam uh, it to space. Enjoy, enjoy it, astronaut. <laughs> there it goes. The end. Bye. <laughs> Oh,